Now I can start the comedy? <laughs> yes, you can start the comedy. <laughs> Actually, the first thing we're going to start with is today, March the 8th. Very important day in TV history. Do you know why? No, educate me. This was the premiere of Beavis and Butthead in 1993. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yep. Feel old now? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Beavis, sometimes you're pretty smart for a dumbass. No way, no way. Don't call me smart. <laughs> I'm not doing the whole episode like this. Liar, liar, <laughs> pants on. Whoa, fire! <laughs> you remember the controversy about all that? With oh well, frog baseball started from Liquid Television. Yeah, yeah, I but mean, I mean, there was a big controversy oh. about Be- about Beavis talking about fire. Yeah, and washing the dog. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there were so many great moments on that show. You know, I mean, I could understand where where parents came from because, you know, by and large, kids are stupid. Yeah. And they will do anything that's on 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 TV. And I can understand, but there was a warning in the beginning, one, don't do this. Yeah. And two, wasn't it on at such an hour that maybe the parent should have, you know, monitored not, what the kid was watching? Yeah, I mean there there comes a point when you have to kind of say, "Hey, you know, maybe you, you shouldn't be watching that." Yeah. Yeah. But let's be real here. We were, what, 12, 13 years old and watch, or at least I was, 12 or 13 years old watching The Young Ones. No, I wasn't that. We weren't that young. I, I thought The Young Ones didn't come out till we were well. No, dude. I, I, I remember watching that shit before I started at Dorney. Oh, I didn't, it, I didn't get to see it till I met you. You're when the, it, you when were the influence on that when one. It's, when it had its first MTV run. Yeah, well, I know that I watched it with you because we'd sit, we'd sit in your room watching Headbangers Ball. Yep. And then, you know, we'd watch The Young Ones, and uh, oh my God, it was just like th- those two married each other perfectly. Didn't they, though? Yeah. And, I mean, just that was when seeing the latest metal videos. Wow, look at what they're doing. Yeah, that. Uh, it, I don't know if it was that far back, but uh, wasn't Adam Curry still the, ho- the host of Headbangers Ball? At no, the I think by the time I was watching it, Ricky Rackman had already taken over. Okay. Because I missed the D. Snyder and the Adam Curry era. Yeah. And all I remember was, like, you know, Ricky Rackman and, you know, Melissa. Yeah. Which which was a couch. Yep. Not, not a co-host, a couch. The couch. Yeah. But, I mean, shortly after that, I remember seeing Decline of Western Civilization, which they show Ricky Rackman in there with the cat house. Yep. And, like, everything just, like, just, like, formed. But then we also formed that, you know... Every band was Ricky's favorite band. Yeah. That's one of my favorite bands. Yep. And then the worst part is, in interviews later on, he would say, like, you know, people would complain, oh, why aren't you playing Voivod? Or or why aren't you know you playing this band or that band? He said, oh, I don't make the choices of the bands. Yeah, but you loved every one of them. I mean, it's like... Right, right. It's like, Trickster came on, you fell all over yourself to... <laughs> yeah. One of, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite ones, though, was uh, the Alice in Chains episodes. Okay. When Alice, when every any time Alice in Chains was on, it was just hilarious because they would fuck with Ricky so badly, and like uh, the the time when they were all in the in the bathrobes and stuff around the pool. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, the few that stand out in my mind are definitely one the Nirvana one where Kurt Cobain showed up in a ball gown. Yeah. He had to explain it that it was Headbangers Ball. Yeah. Ricky didn't get it. It. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another one, White Zombie painting the set. Yeah, but, but 
Guns N' Roses drunkenly destroying the set. Yeah. Was was so freaking awesome. Or Anthrax coming to your house. Oh my god, that <laughs> the the aftermath of that is like Oh. Somebody's got a phone call. They'll wait. This is more important. Aha. It was probably just a spam call about my uh your car warranty? My car warranty or my favorite one now lately. My social security uh, number has been compromised, and they're canceling it. Yeah, that that's a that's a good one, <laughs> dude. I I I officially won the game with the uh, car warranty people. Oh yeah, yeah. I got them to call me a motherfucker and hang up on me. Whoa, yeah. Man. Well, they call me. Uh, hi, we're calling about your car's extended warranty that's about to run out. I said, which one, fuckhead? I owe fo- I own four. Hmm. Uh, 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 well, it's the newest one. I said, that's a 2021 with a 100,000-mile warranty on it. Try again, dickhead. Well, fuck you, you motherfucker. Click. Yeah, the only one I got, the, so- the Social Security one keeps calling me. Yeah. And I keep, you know, I keep giving my name as Braxton Hicks. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and then, I'll, oh, what are the last four digits? And then I just say random, four random digits. Sometimes it's my work phone number. Yeah. It's like, I'll just, something that I can say. And uh, then they're like, well, why are you calling? Well, my, my account's been locked out. I need my Social Security account. I mean, what can you do? You know, and inevitably they hang up on me. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, I mean. <laughs> like I said, you, you've officially won the game when you can get them to hang up on you. Yeah, but I mean, I, want, I, I truly want them. To, I want to keep them on the phone as long as I can. So, yeah. they, so they're not scamming somebody else. Yeah. I, I, I've, played the, I've played that game with them, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the car warranty, I've kept them on the line, you know, saying I owned a 1991 uh, Lamborghini Countach or whatever. Oh, I got to remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I've, I've kept them on the line with the, with the owning the Lambo. I've kept them on line, um, you know, with the, okay, I own four cars, which one? Which isn't, it, it's, it's a slight exaggeration of the truth. Yeah. I own three uh, vehicles, counting the bike. You know, and then Randy's is here too, so there's four vehicles in the house. Which one are you calling for, fuckhead? Yep. Yeah, I like to play games with them. Yeah, the other ones, uh, like I said, there's there's so many of them, and you know. Or the credit card account. Yeah, well, I don't even have any credit cards, but mine, I'm always overdrawn. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my credit cards, you can lower my interest rate. I have one. <laughs> I think one of my favorite ones that I did, my mom, I did this one in front of my mom, and she was laughing so hard at this. I got called to for car insurance. Yeah. And they said, uh, you know, who's your current insurance provider? I said, I don't have insurance. <laughs> and I, he couldn't go off script. He said, well, uh, with us, we can probably lower your payments by 25%. I mean, well, 25% of zero is still zero. I mean, can you give me a better rate than nothing? Are you going to are you going to pay me to drive? Yeah. And I was I did, and this guy would not get off the script. My mom was laughing so hard at what I was pulling with this guy. That's great. And finally, he just said, well, um, I don't think I can help you, sir. Bye. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I guess it's about that time. You want to stick your hand in the dirt bucket or is it my turn? Yeah, your turn. Okay. Your turn. Oh, yeah. well, when you wave it like that, Alexi's like just nodding at me. Okay, we in, give it a, in, in give such it a shake. A, in such approval. It's going to be a good one, I can tell. Give it a shake. Hand the dirt bucket back to Bill. Let's open it up. The Big Four. Ooh. For those of you who do not know what the Big Four is, 
That is the big four of Thrash. Oh. Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth, and Slayer. I thought it was the members of ABBA. That was my bad. Arthur, Becca, <laughs> Boris, and Angela! <laughs> you thought you'd sleep, snick that one past, didn't you? <laughs> no, I was hoping you got it. <laughs> okay, the big four. Ooh. Let's start off easy. Who's your favorite? Anthrax. I've got to put two at the top. 1A, 1B. Mm. Anthrax and fucking Slayer. Slayer has my favorite song of all the bands on the big four. Okay. Seasons in the Abyss. Great song. I absolutely love that song. The intro, the slow build, the chorus. You're going to make me pick up a guitar, aren't oh, you? The, the, the chorus in it, you know, when it close your eyes. I use that as a quote in emails. I went at the time online. It was a quote. And it was like, it was so perfect. Yeah. Close your eyes, look deep in your soul, step outside yourself, and let your mind go. Just that part. Right there. Yep. And it's like it's so beautiful that lyric, and it's my favorite song. But Anthrax had more stuff that I just really love. I mean, the entire State of Euphoria album, the entire um, Spreading This Disease, the entire Among the Living, and then a lot of Got the Time. <laughs> uh, uh, persistence of Time, you mean? Persistence of Time. Yeah, I knew I knew where you were going. Yeah. It, um. I, I, I'm a huge Anthrax fan. I'm a huge Slayer fan. I would put mm-hmm. them 1A and 1B. Um, I've seen both of them live multiple times. Oh. I've never been disappointed in Anthrax nope. live. I've never been disappointed in Slayer live. No. Oh, God. You, 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 can't, you can't go wrong listening to Anthrax unless it's Stomp 442. Yeah. And you can't go wrong ever listening to Slayer. Yes, there's some. there's not a stinker in the bunch nope. of, for, from Slayer. Um, I I I shed a tear when Jeff Henneman passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Henneman, great guitar player, great songwriter. Slayer would not have been Slayer without Jeff Henneman. Right. I was one of the guys, and I think you were too, that I jumped on board the bandwagon with John Bush. You know, I jumped on that John Bush bandwagon as soon as I heard only. I mean, yeah, I was, it was probably only only. Yeah, I mean, I was I was nervous about what it was going to be a Belladonna. But, you know, I bought Sound of White Noise and was amazed. Well, same here. Uh, uh, the, the lead single off of it was only um, I heard only and I went out and I bought it because they debut. They made a big deal about debuting it on the on Headbangers Ball. Oh, yep. And I listened to it. And just from that opening riff, I'm like. Okay, yeah, I'm hooked. I'm ho- I, I, you're sucking me in, mm-hmm. and then it 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 then the rest of the like the song drops. Everything is perfect. Everything is sick, and that's it. Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, I need to buy this, and I bought it like the next day. Yep, I still I still have my copy. I mean, and, and you know, and the best part is, I mean that that came about. I think that you know got the time. Damn it, persistence of time. That's going to be my MySpace. <laughs> Persistence of time. It was good. Yeah. But not all the way through good. No, there's some, I mean, there's some, Yeah, I don't want to say stinkers on it, but you have some stuff that's like spectacular. Yeah. Uh, hatred. Be- hatred, belly of the beast. beast. Yep. Uh, got the time. Yep, definitely got the time. You know, that's just, there's such great songs. And then there's stuff that's, all right, this is good. 
This is good. I can dig this. But if you go back to Among the Living. Oh, yeah. Among the Living from top to bottom is just great. It's, yeah. There's not a stinker on that. Nope. And that contains my two favorite Anthrax songs of all time. I Am the Law. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, God the, the fucking title track, Among the Living. Oh. Based on uh, uh, based on Stephen King's The Stand, yeah. and I'll tell you what, but among the living and spreading the disease, to me, for and this is just for me, not is almost like a double album, almost because I can I name if I name a, a, a well, I love this song. I sometimes forget which one it's on. Right, they're you know they're they're so similar in their in their sound and their yeah. construct. That is like I said. Well, I like AIR. Well, I I forget which ones that on. I'm I'm not that big of a fan with that big of a memory sometimes to remember all those details. If I'm not mistaken, it's on side two. I'm dating myself. Yeah. It's on <laughs> side, side two, two of Among the Living. Oh, yeah. Music had sides. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I like I said, I, I love both of those albums so much and uh like I still have not it was never put on a jacket, my spreading the disease back patch. Nice. And I have an I, I Am The Law back patch that was never put on a jacket. Speaking of I Am The Law, I rewatched Dread the other day. The one with... Um, the one with... Keith, with uh, I um, almost said Keith Urban. No, the one with uh, Dr. McCoy. Carl Urban, <laughs> yeah. 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 I like that one. I loved it. Oh, my that God. Was, that was Judge Dread done right. Yeah. That was Dread done right. I mean, I love the Stallone version for the cheesiness and the camp and the play of, between him and Rob Schneider. Yeah, there was good parts in there's, that. There's really good parts in that. Armand DeSante as uh, Rico, as Judge Rico, yeah. is, <laughs> is really good. But, you know, there was no side Judge Anderson, mm-hmm. which Dread had. Yeah. And the girl that played Anderson in, in Dread, she was really, really good. I thought she was. She gave a, a fantastic performance and captured what Cy Judge Anderson is supposed to be. Yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed Dread and between the villain, the walk up. I mean, the whole thing was. I mean, it gave you the immense of what Mega City was. Oh yeah, and oh Mama is such a great villain. Oh yeah, she is. Uh, and the, uh, Le- uh, Lena Haiti. Yep, that played Mama. She she is a she's a vicious bitch, man. Oh yeah, everything she plays in, she's and it's. I mean, it just it points to her as a character that what you know she plays characters you there you don't like. Yeah, you want to see them get what's coming to them. Yeah, you do, and you wanted to see by the end of Dread, you wanted to see Mama get what was coming to her. Yep, and Dread did it right, man. He hit her with the slow mo and threw her off the goddamn top floor of the yep. of, of the of the peach trees. Yeah. The, the, the the block uh, uh, up the block yep. yeah which, uh, you're over a kilometer up what do you think the range of that thing is you know and it's strange that you know, think like the the idea of mega city is is so awesome to me well what eight hundred million people yeah, you, from from Boston to yeah. Atlanta and, and you can have like an entire neighborhood stores and everything in an enclosed block right and if something goes wrong. They shut the block down. Yeah, like blast shields. Yeah, and it, I mean, I mean, it just, it just, I, I love that. I, I, I love, and I, I never really got into the 2080 comics. I tried to. I have a few. I have a few issues. I when they re-released the one, oh god, what was it called? Where 
It was they, they had censored it originally because they were, they made fun of a lot of corporate sponsors in there. Yeah, and they re-released it. I did try reading it, but it was it was just a tough read for me. I can understand that. Yeah, uh, but still, I I I do really enjoy the aesthetics of the comics. Oh yeah, and I still think to this day I still think that we need uh, a Judge Dredd system. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know. Where you see somebody parked in the fire lane, guilty or innocent, uh, innocent. I thought you'd say that. Boom, blow up the car, make them honest. Yeah, that, well, that would. I mean, that was uh, that was a Stallone thing. Yeah, but still, I, uh, what, I I want to see that. Hang on, since we're down the, since we're down this rabbit hole, what's your biggest problem with Stallone's Judge Dredd? Uh, you know, mine is really. I know, easy. I know that a lot. Like, I think that like. Because he took the mask, the, the helmet off was a big one for everybody. Bingo. I think he wasn't gritty enough. Yeah, it was Stallone. He was not. Yeah, he was not hardened. Now, if you watch Cobra, Cobra, the, when he played Cobra, yeah. would have been how he should have played Dread. I, I, you know what? I never thought of that. But dirty, you're right. dirty, mean, not happy with anybody, not joking. He, he was playing Demolition Man. Yeah, all over again. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't know about the seashells. It's right. I think you're. I you know. I think you're absolutely and right. That's, and that's what I don't like. Because ju- and that's why I said uh, Urban did great. He played that character like I'm angry. I don't like you. I don't like anybody. All I that got a ma- job to do. All that matters is the law. Yeah, that's right. And that's and that's not what Stallone did. No, and, but and that's not what Dread would have done. Right. You know, I, Judge Dread was all about the law, and you never. Throughout the run of the comics, as far as I know, you never saw Joseph Dredd's face. Yep. He, he, you saw him with the helmet off, but it was the back of his head. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, oh, God, such a great movie. I wish they, I wish they would, could get the, get the green light for the sequel that's been talked about since mm. the original came out. I would love to see a sequel to that. Yep, De- definitely a Cursed Earth sequel. Yeah, oh, that would be so good. Yeah. That might actually be the comic that was doing the Cursed Earth. Might have been where they were taking, basically they were taking, uh, going between uh, Mega City 1 and Mega City 2. Uh, okay. And they had to go across the Cursed Earth. That was a comic that I was reading. Or 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 even if beyond that, if they did a third one, Dread on his long walk mm-hmm. to take the law to the lawless. Or, and I, I know that uh, Judge Death was a big thing. Yeah, but who would you get to play Je- Death? But you would have to—you would almost have to CGI the guy. Yeah, they would, but they—they they definitely CGI it, unfortunately. But the guy that played Scarecrow in the Batman movies could pull it off. Yeah, he might be able that, to. That thin bastard. For years, I, for years, I said Alice Cooper should play Judge Death. Well, yeah. Now, now he's too close to it. Yeah, <laughs> but they would just get a Muppet or something. Yeah, they would. Oh, Judge Dredd, the Muppet version. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> We're here in magazine. Honestly, honestly, I would love, and I hope there's, I, if there's anybody who's even remotely related to Henson Productions or something, with, listen to this idea. Muppet versions of, like, 80s movies. Yes. Like, the Muppet Breakfast Club. I would watch that. <laughs> yes. I would watch that. I would watch the hell out of any of them. <laughs> I would watch that. Oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> Uh, let's let's not explore this any further. Let's yeah. get back to the big yeah, four. Bi- yeah, big four. All right. What's, uh, so you, we've established that your favorite is Anthrax. Yep. My 
favorites, one A and B, or Anthrax and Slayer? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Anthrax album? See, that's what I mean. It's a double album between okay, okay disease and disease living. and the living. I'm not, not yeah, disease and among the living. I mean, State of Euphoria brought that's the first album I heard from the band. Yeah, and I mean that was thanks to Tony at Doherty Park. I mean he introduced me to uh, to those guys and. Uh, but when I started listening to their back catalog, I was like, oh, I was floored. Yeah. I mean, these these guys, and I didn't understand half the stuff. They were, I did not read comics, really. So I didn't under, and I had Stephen King novels. Yeah. They were just great songs. Well, I mean, how many Stephen King novel-based songs did they do? Well, you said The Stand. They could have done a couple for all well, I know. They, well, among the Gunslinger, those, I think, was another one. I'm not 100% sure, but... Maybe. I don't know. I know... Uh, Skeletons in the Closet. Yeah, that was off of uh, Apt Pupil. Pupil. Yep. But I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. that I mean, for me, I have two of them as well. Mm. Among the Living is one of them, and the other one is uh, Sound of White Noise. Mm. I love, I, front to back, I love Sound of White Noise. There's not a stinker on that. Um, even the expanded edition that has the, has the covers on it. Yeah. Even their covers are great. Oh, yeah, era. they do great covers. Oh, my God. Uh, have you heard their cover of Carry On My Wayward Son? I probably have. It's it's fantastic. Um, from the John Bush era, off the expanded Sound of White Noise, they cover Thin Lizzy's uh, Cowboy Song. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, that well, that, is... I remember that one. You had, you had sent me that one at one point. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's such a good song. Yeah. Such a good song. What's your favorite Slayer album? Seasons? Oh, definitely Seasons. Although I like Repentless. Repentless is really fucking good. Yeah, I lo- I like rep- I love them both. I mean, when Repentless, the first single dropped to that one. God Hates Us All? No, Repentless, oh, the, the song so- itself. The song Repentless. It was just, I was just floored that. Wait, I'm thinking of the album God Hates Us All, yeah. too. And it was like, uh, that was just a, wonder- a wonderful album, and I just enjoyed that one from front to back. My favorite, I'm probably going to have to, I'm going to have to agree with you. I love Seasons. Oh. Um, and, you know, I mean, th- that was the first time that Slayer did a video. Because uh, yeah. I was blown away when War Ensemble came out. You know, when I when I first heard War Ensemble, I'm like, oh, shit. Because uh, this was right after South of Heaven. Yeah. And South of Heaven was a little mellower. I mean, oh, it, it's still a Slayer a little, album. Yeah, it's <laughs> but it's still a Slayer album, but it wasn't as 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 come out and punch you in the throat as like Hell Awaits. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my God, Hell Awaits is such a good record yeah. too. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're they're coming off of they're coming off of South of Heaven, the lead single and their first video ever off of the new album is for War Ensemble, and you talk about a kick in the balls. Mm-hmm. That song just that song just comes out and beats the shit out of you. Oh yeah, As a, and and when they do that one live, man. Oh my god, the pit just blows up. Yeah, and the, the the entire floor. I don't care where you are, the entire floor will become a circle pit. Yep, I I lived it on more than one occasion. Yeah, I was one of two kids in high school that had Slayer shirts. There was only two of us, <laughs> and uh, one had the Rain and Blood shirt, and I had the South of Heaven shirt. Nice. And we were routinely called into the office for the pentagram logo. And it wasn't a pentagram, only four swords. That's right. Never completed the pentagram. Yep. But of course, not. Yeah. Well, it's religious symbology. We don't have that in school. 
you're sitting under a cross. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, every morning I have to put my hand over my heart and say, one nation under God. Yeah. You know, yeah, but we don't have religious symbology in schools. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, take your loophole and, you know. Yeah. I, I told Vice Principal Reed, I said, so you're going to tell me that every girl out there that has a cross necklace has to take it off, you know. And, of course, at that point, then I was being more rebellious, and that's where I got my upside-down cross necklace. I said, okay, we'll play your game. Oh, dude, I did that uh, when I was stationed in Georgia, okay? When I was stationed in Georgia, I was big into, oh, oh, obviously, I was big into Slayer, and that's when I discovered black metal. Ah. Okay. That's when I discovered bands like, or not necessarily black metal, but more death metal. Mm. Uh, that's when I dis- discovered bands like Obituary. Oh, yeah. Entombed. Mm-hmm. I got really heavy into de- into the band Death. Oh, they're awesome. I love I love Death. Yep. Uh, you know, and I went to the. This is when Hot Topic was still <laughs> for the outcasts. It wasn't yeah. the trendy store. Okay, it was back when it still had that uh, like that gritty steel logo. Yep. With spikes and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I went to the Hot Topic at the at the at the mall in Fre- in uh, not in Frederick in. Uh, Augusta, Georgia, and I bought myself a cross that was made of skulls nice. on a leather choker, right? Not a choker, but a leather yeah. necklace. I went back to the barracks. I cut the leather off, and I took a new piece of leather, and I fashioned the cross. I, I, I set it up so it hung upside down. Okay. Wear that motherfucker into a, into a U.S. Army chow hall. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was great. I didn't, I wasn't in uniform. I was in civvies. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, you know, that's wrong. I Okay, in your opinion. But back to the high school thing, what you getting called in for, for shirts, like yep. for the South of Heaven shirt. Same kind of thing happened to me here in Palmerton, right? Except I wasn't as nice about it as you were. I got called in, uh, and it was for an Aerosmith shirt, oddly enough. Get the hell out. It said shit happens on the back. Oh, okay. I'm thinking to myself, what Aerosmith shirt was even remotely bad? I had the one. It had the, 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 it was like a brick wall. It said shit happens on it. Uh, And then I also had the Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction t-shirt with the original cover. I remember you having that one. With, yeah. With the rape scene. Yeah, the original one. Yeah, I have that. I had that shirt. And I got called into the office. You can't wear that in school. I said, when you buy my fucking clothes, you can tell me what to wear. Mm. And I walked out. Yeah, they were always. I got called to the office once or twice for some of my shirts. Yeah, uh, that you suck shirt I had that I gave to you eventually. Yeah, because I just I just kept getting in trouble for wearing it. It was like okay, well I guess I just can't wear this anymore. Yeah, you know I love that shirt too. That was, <laughs> a, that was just a fun shirt. Oh man! But yeah, I got the funny thing was my South the Heaven shirt. This uh-huh. was the funny part. And I don't know if you can look up images of this online. I have tried because I'd love to get another one. On the shirt itself, it had the skull, the the, the cross through the skull. Uh huh. That they didn't have a problem with, but the the swords in a sort of pentagram was a problem. But on the back of this shirt, Jeff Henneman was wearing a shirt that said "Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll." Yes, and it was like. You didn't notice that, though. You had so many things to have wrong with this shirt that you could have legitimately said were bad, but you chose the wrong one. You know, back in the day, I wish uh, Cradle of Filth would have been around then. 
the ones that the ones that I wish were bands when I went to high school just to be an asshole was was ICP. Oh God! I mean to wear. I mean when you get in trouble for wearing the puzzle box shirts, which aren't anything. Well, the Juggalos are a gang. Yeah, but you know is it, that? yeah, but is a Joker head coming out of a box? Right. The, the 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 Joker head box weren't anything. But people got. My brother told me he got in trouble in high school for for wearing that. And I'm like, but that's nothing. From what I've had, I mean, I had, they didn't have a problem with the Damage Incorporated skulls and no. like the pushhead stuff. Everybody had everybody had the Metallica stuff. When oh they, yeah, everybody had everybody the, had the Injustice for All. Yeah, all the all is it Pusshead or Pushhead? Pusshead, Pusshead. Everybody had those shirts. Those were not a problem, <laughs> right? But Slayer was. Oh, Slayer was a big problem. Oh, Slayer's a massive problem. Yeah. Okay, let's talk. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little specifics here. Yeah. Uh, Slayer wise, what's your favorite song on South of Heaven? Oh, the title track, South of Heaven. Okay, my yeah. mine. I have to go with Behind the Crooked Cross. Yeah, I, I just I love that. You know, I just I hear that at work every so I have comes up at work every so often. I just love the, I love the the sound of it. Yeah. and they kind of recycled that riff later a little bit for not, uh for uh, uh, Dead Skin Mask. Maybe, like I said, there's so the music sometimes it's as much as I I don't like a lot of yelling metal, I give Tom a pass because it's really good. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is to hear his speaking voice even at a show. Oh, he's like he's like grandpa metal. Oh, if, yeah, and 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 dad Tom when he gets mad and starts admonishing people. Yes. It's like you feel bad when Dad Tom comes out. And and the funny thing <laughs> is, like, they have all this satanic imagery, right? They have all this satanic imagery in their music and in their lyrics and on their album covers. Tom Araya is a devout Catholic. <laughs> I mean, devout. Yep. <laughs> I, th- I find that hilarious. But granted, the two main songwriters through sl- most of Slayer's run... We're Carrie King and Jeff Henneman. Yeah. Who are complete atheists. Yeah, and also and also Carrie King, where where Tom sometimes can voice his disapproval and stuff like that. Carrie King, I've never seen a Carrie King interview where he doesn't seem angry. No, no. Even when he's talking about his new album, it's like he seems angry all the damn time. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He he seems like a, a, a like perpetually angry. Yeah. When I was watching that one um Documentary about thrash metal. Get thrashed? One of them. There was a couple of them that I watched, but he was in one of them, and everybody would come up and say, oh, you know, this is me, I'm, you know, I'm Chuck Billy, the singer of Testament. And everybody's, you know, hey, I'm Gary Holt, the guitarist of Exodus. You know, he comes up, yeah, I don't need to introduce myself. You know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's Carrie, though. Just, you know. That's Carrie. <laughs> well, you, the last uh, the last time we saw Slayer on their final tour. Yeah. Uh, I still have the Gary Holt pick that we got. Nice. I still have that. Uh, it, it's such. It's so cool. It's uh, it, it's got Gary's signature on one side, and on the other side, it's got a kitten holding a fucking pentagram. It's great. Yeah, Gary Holt and his Instagram pages is also pretty funny too. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, you know, I he won me over real quick with his when he would come on stage with a Kill the Kardashians T-shirt on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, that, and that was after uh, one of the Kardashians was spotted wearing a Slayer shirt. Yeah. So he comes out with a shirt that says, kill the Kardashians. Love it. Yeah, I'll tell you what. His work ethic is just... Oh, dude. I mean, he, I mean, he's part of two bands. 
I've seen him sometimes three because I know he filled in at one point for Anthrax. Yeah, he he did some gigs with Anthrax. And it's like, my God, man, how are your arms not on fire at the end of the night? Well, dude, when we saw them at the Sands. Yeah. When we saw Slayer at the Sands. Gary opened the night with Exodus. Mm -hmm. Did a 45-minute set with Exodus. And then came back and did an hour and a half with Slayer. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, dude, you you win. And Slayer did none of their ballads. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. Neither did Exodus, yeah. come to think about it. Uh, you know what? I don't think Suicidal did either. Oh, my, nope. Wow, dude, that Randy and I were talking about that show today. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, were, we were driving around, uh, driving for work, and we were talking about that show. And, yeah, I, I, I had to bring up, yeah, you pushed out. <laughs> you pushed out. I said, "Me, said, come on, let's go to the pit. Nope, I'm staying up here. Fuck that. <laughs> come on, Mark. Nope, I'm staying here with him. <laughs> and there's me and Bill dragging our old asses down into a freaking pit for Slayer, Exodus, and Suicidal Tendencies. Yeah. Because uh, well, Suicidal came on. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, it was the Suicidal one was, was mostly funny because the, the, that um, that largely obese gentleman that collapsed in front of us. Yeah. And his friends yelling at us, pick him up, pick him up. I said, are you out of your mind? We're not that strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, the drummer for uh, the drummer for Suicidal on that tour was awesome. Oh, my God. He was crazy. Dude, standing up on his drums, yelling at the crowd to yeah, get, you, you know, to hype him up. Jeez. And, but Psycho Mike oh, is. He never shut off. Oh, no. Mike Muir goes. Mike Muir's nonstop. And Rocky George can yeah, still play. That was just. They put on, and the worst part was, I think, and I love Suicidal, and they put on a great show, but because they were the opening act. They weren't the opener. Exodus Well, I opened. mean, yeah, but they were in the beginning. Okay, So yeah. there was not a lot of people. It wasn't the crowd that the, the, the headliners were giving. Right, so, right. It, it, didn't have the, it didn't have the massive humanity that Slayer Yeah, did. and it's like, but now the one we went to at, the, in, at Reading. Yeah. From start to finish. The crowd from Behemoth to Testament to all of them, the crowd never thinned. No. It was a huge crowd from song one to the end of the night. Yeah, and, and the difference the difference is really telling when you think about the venues, too, because the Exodus Suicidal Slayer show was at, at the Sands Event Center, Yeah, which is what, 5,000 capacity? It's a lot. I know it's a lot. But I, I know it seems really empty when it is, too. Yeah. I, it's like a 5,000 capacity. Yeah. And then the show with Testament, Behemoth, Anthrax, Lamb of God, and Slayer. Lamb of God. That was the other one. Okay. That's in a freaking hockey arena. Yeah. That's in a, you know, a 15,000, 17,000 capacity mm-hmm. hockey arena. And the floor was packed. Oh, yeah. And there were very few seats taken. Yeah. I wish, I wish we could have found a way to sneak onto the floor. If for nothing else, that woman that was yawning the whole night. Yeah. She didn't deserve to be front row. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. But Randy Randy did not want seats. He did <laughs> yeah. not want he did not or he did not want floor seats. Yeah. Floor tickets. Like, Randy, do you want to get floor tickets? Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not doing it, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, dude, look at the size of you. Yeah, like I said, I I I got to see Slayer front row center. Yeah, I was right there with you. Yeah, that is you know that is the highlight of any show I've ever been to, and ever will be to, because there's a very small percentage of people that can say they've been to a front row center Slayer show. That's right. 
Well, I wasn't quite center. I was off to Tom's left. Yeah. I was off to Tom's yeah. left about three people away from you. Yeah, somehow I got I got pushed right up to the center, and oh my God, got just crushed. Well, d- dude, do you remember when I got the dude dropped on my shoulder? Yep. And I had... I you had to tap out. I had to tap out. And I've never left a yep. pit in my life. Yeah, and I had the fat guy fall on my back. Yeah. And had the security guys pulling him over, and it's like... It's like somebody just dumped like 10 sacks of flour on my back, and it's like now they're trying to get him off. The security guy looks at me, are you all right? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Adrenaline didn't kick off yet. At the end of the night, oh, my God, it hurt so bad. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, I, I'm leaving the pit, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm leaving the pit, and I'm just kind of weaving my way through as, as gently as you can in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this girl grabs a hold of me and says, get me the fuck out of here. So I stick my right arm back. I say, take my hand. Let's go. And with that, the left arm goes out. I just freaking plow my way through the crowd. Yeah, I took so many, you know, and, and that's that wonderful song. Um, Overkill, Toxic Waltz. Now I'm thinking I'm getting it mixed up. Exodus, Toxic Waltz. Toxic Waltz, yes. Yep. No, maybe it was DRI. Yeah, it was DRI in the pit. Oh, Thrasher. Yeah, a boot to your forehead, a knee to your face. Yep, got them both. Your nose and lips start yep. to bleed. I got kicked so many times in the head. Oh, I don't understand why people don't wear softer shoes to a mosh pit. Stop wearing your goddamn steel toe work boots. If you're going to crowd serve, someone's going to get kicked in the melon. It's always it's always a good sign. <laughs> it's always a good sign for the crowd surfers when you see the security guards putting the gloves on. Yeah. All right, because they know shit's getting ready to start. Yep. Oh, man. All right, what's your favorite song off of Hello Waits? I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the whole track list of a lot of them. Like I said, I I don't I don't really sit and listen to track list to a lot of songs. I know what I like when I like it. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean that that being said, you can't go wrong with Slayer. No, it's like I said. I I mean I I couldn't even tell you some track list off of Aerosmith albums. They're my favorite band. Yeah. Ricky Rackman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's save let's save that one for last. Let's go to Megadeth. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Megadeth. Oh. What's your favorite Megadeth record? Oh, that's tough. Uh I love So Far, So Good, So What. Classic. I love Killing is my business. Classic. Oh, that's not as polished. That's part of the appeal of that, though. Um, hmm. Rust in Peace is probably one of my least favorites. Really? Yeah. I it, as strange as it's, I think to me, it, I for me, it was overplayed. That's that's really the only reason. Well, two why. songs were overplayed. But now, okay, I'm trying to. Peace sells. That's my favorite. Peace sells. Peace sells is my. Fa- I I was blanking. I, I had the cover looking at my head. Yeah, where Vic is leaning on the on the for sale sign. Yeah, and I could not remember which album that was. Yeah, I I I would probably, if I had to pick one, you know, gun to my head, I had to pick one. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going with so far so good. So what? My favorite Megadeth song of all time is on there. Yeah, I like that one too. But you know, I it's mm. that was that that was Mustaine when he was like really really deep into his into his coke habit. Yeah. You know, it, which is oddly, odd, oddly enough, I think some of his best work, but it kind of tells in the album because the whole album is like 37 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It would fit on one side of a Metallica album. Yeah. But I mean, the to me, their 
their best song in my eyes is on that record. And that's uh, In My Darkest Hour. Okay. I love that song. Um, uh, part of the reason is I know what Mustaine wrote it about. Mm-hmm. You know, that he wrote that about Cliff's death. Okay. And it's just a really, really cool song. It's got some cool dynamics in it, you know, with the arpeggiated uh, clean guitar mm-hmm. in, the, in the beginning and then goes into it. But that being said, you can't discount... A song like a Tula Bond. I like the one with Amy Amy Fisher from Evan Evan Essence. Amy Lee. Amy Lee. I see. I got an Amy right. Yeah. I like that version when when she did it better than his when he just did it. He did a really good version with his daughter. Okay. I I probably uh, you're talking of a Tula Bond, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did he did a really cool version with his daughter. Uh, that's a, I mean that's just a killer song, but I you know I I also love Euthanasia. That's Euthanasia gr- is an underrated one. That's a good. It, that's it a really, really good record. Uh, Train of Consequences is an awesome song. Yeah, um, that is a very that's a very underrated record. I think be- I think because it came out right after Rust in Peace. Yeah, and I think and like I said, Rust in Peace was so huge. That's also got sweating bullets and, on it. Yeah, and I love. Wait, no, wait. I'm, I'm, am I missing? No, that was. Wait, hold on a minute. Hold on. Now, wait a minute. Which is. Was you, you that was euthanasia with sweating bullets? No, wait. You may, you may be right. There is, there is one between Rust in Peace the, they, yeah, and Euthanasia. Yeah, that the one, but the one after, the one after that one was the one with. Um, I'm singing the songs in my head about the. Uh, don't look it up in your phone, you fuck. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Reckoning, oh, it was one with, uh, oh, sh- it was uh, the mil- all the political, well, yeah, all the political stuff. What Dave Mustaine song would that be? Oh, d- gee, I don't know. Megadeth discography, Rust in Peace. Countdown, Countdown to, to Extinction. extinction. <laughs> Count- uh, you got it. <laughs> Countdown to yeah. Extinction. That's that, a great That one came album. on the heels of Rust in Peace. Yeah. And that was, a, but then Euthanasia came out, which I think after those two really solid albums, I think euthanasia just had a really hard time following up. Yeah, I mean, and you've got, in my eyes, the quintessential Megadeth lineup on those records. Mm-hmm. That's when you've got, of course, you've got Mustaine. Mm-hmm. You've got Dave Ellison on the bass. You've got Nick Menza on the oh. drums. And you've got Marty Friedman yeah. on guitar. That, to me, is the ultimate Megadeth yeah, they, lineup. They were... That was when they were firing on all cylinders. Like I said, when Rust in Peace came out, I loved it all. I loved every song. I might I might have wore out the tape in my, but I think, but the, I think I played it too much. Yeah, I can see that. You know, uh, I th- there's, I mean, there are some records that, oh God, we we keep dating ourselves by calling it record. I know they there, still make them. Yeah, uh, but there are some stuff that okay that you can hear too much of. Yeah, but I mean, songs that I still love off of like. Uh, Rust in Peace, Five Magics, I love. Oh man, Five Magics is such a good song. Uh, Lucretia, yeah, um, and Tornado of Souls, yeah. Those three, I still can enjoy. Yeah, but you know, I love and Euthanasia. I still think that was a good one. They started kind of going that downhill slide. Yeah, um, until Super Collider, and with Super Collider, they were back. Yeah. Although yeah, I got, there was a lot of good stuff when the system has failed and stuff like that. Yeah, 
I, I mean, it, 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 and a lot of it is your typical Mustaine stuff. He's rallying, he's railing against political, uh, political things, and you know, he's, he's just doing what Mustaine does. Yeah. The problem with the, the, the only problem with what was Mustaine was doing with the political landscape, it was easy because in the eighties you had eight years. Well, I was well, eight years plus four. You had 12, 12 years. years of Republican rule. Right. So he had 12 years to really rally, rally, rally. Then you had eight years of Democrat rule. You know what I mean? You you can do it the other side of it, which he would. I mean, he yeah. always seemed to be against who's ever in charge. Yeah. And then all of a sudden things started really getting weird, you know, where it's like, you know, I think around the Bush area, I think he couldn't figure out who am I at for and against now? Yeah. Because because for good or bad, uh, Bush kind of did, you know, he he did a lot to unite the country. Yeah, because he was a very he's a very charismatic leader. Yeah. And he was well, well spoken. For what was going on, you know, I thought you were going to say for a Texan. <laughs> no, for what was going on. You know, he was the. I you know I think he might have been the right guy for the job you know to handle something like nine eleven, uh, you know and to to unite the country around that because you need you you almost needed, um, uh, a strong, bullheaded leader at that point who was going to put, you know, America first. Yeah, you know, and it, it, I I don't know. Yeah, granted, after. A few years, all that kind of fell to shit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, he was what we needed at the time. Yeah, and I think, and like I said, I think Mustaine had a hard time because now you're putting, you're not putting out albums every year. Right. You're, you're putting out albums, you know, in a longer distance, and now more shit's happening. You can't, the stuff that happened six months ago, nobody cares about that now. Right. You know? And it, it, a lot of that has to do with, uh, with the information age, you know? With, yeah, I mean, and I think some, I think, and that's why when Super Collider came out, I think that was less political and more introspective. Yeah. And yeah. and it was like it was like a newfound thing. Yeah. It's like I don't I don't and I remember going to his shows and oh he would go on rants oh. and, and say the dumbest shit. You know Oh, dude, on the on the Rust and Peace in the Rust and Peace era, the shit he would say leading into playing Holy Wars. Oh yeah. Oh, I I remember hearing one interview where he he got well, all of our stuff's going off. He got mad at Saddam Hussein because Saddam Hussein stole the Holy Wars idea from him. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but it's like what? It's like nobody called it a Holy War, so I made a song about it. What? Wait, wait yeah, <laughs> like, and, and wasn't that originally? Didn't he originally write that about like the shit with the IRA? I probably yeah, I it's like <laughs> I think I remember reading something about them like he said about being true Irish when they were playing in Dublin or some yeah. shit and they they had to be escorted out of the building by the cops. Yeah. And the funny thing about Rust in Peace after all this political stuff he puts out there, Hangar 18. Yeah. It's the <laughs> most it's the most men in black fantastical song that is like it's way out there. Yeah, but it's such a good song. It is a good song. It's a funny it's a cool video too. Oh yeah. Those guys are always good at making videos too. Yeah. I mean, he ha- he has a talent. You know? You know, and and I know when we talk about the other band <laughs> that that you know, you can't deny that Mustaine you know, honestly the foundation of the Big 4 was built on Mustaine. Yeah. 
when you, you think know. about it, yeah. when you think about it, because he was the original guitar player for the other band, yeah. <laughs> and you know he went on to form Megadeth. Yep. When you know he's drinking too much, we got to kick him out. You know, <laughs> drinking bad. <laughs> he's James. He's a dick when he's drinking. <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm being all zen over here. I don't know what Kurt would be. But. Yeah, Kurt would just be chilling out. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt was very zen. Yeah, he, he he's very <laughs> zen. And I think Trujillo would just be chilling out, too. You know, Trujillo's got that fucking surf, laid-back surfer vibe, too. I don't know. Like I said, Even though Tr- he, Trujillo from Suicidal, man, bringing oh, the funk. Oh, God. I mean, get, damn. Oh, and, and he has those thick sausage fingers that really attack the bass. And he is the he is the, samu- the, the master of samurai whiskey warlord kung fu bass. Oh, yeah. I love Bob Trujillo. <laughs> uh, so do I. I, I, I. I'm such a fan of his on bass. Oh, yeah. I mean, anything he's done from suicidal to black label society to infectious grooves, mm-hmm. his stuff with Ozzy. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm big, big props to, to Robert Trujillo. Yeah. You know, and for him to get into the other band mm-hmm. is, you know, that's awesome. Good for him. Man. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, if anybody, if any bass player deserves it, yeah, and he was, and he was from California. Yep, he was part of that scene to begin with. Yep, you know, so it's like it all makes sense in the end. Yeah, it it does. I mean, not to knock. Ah, shit. We might as well just talk about him. Yep, it's their turn. It's their turn. Uh, obviously, the last one is Metallica. Yep. Uh, talk about a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Talk about a roller coaster ride. Um, you got the foundation of thrash metal yeah. with Kill 'Em All. Yeah, and I'm going to say this now. I truly believe that Kill 'Em All was their only thrash album. You know? And, yeah. then, and then each successive album, they really moved on. One is not a... Th- not one, And Justice is not a thrash album. No, it's more prog than anything. Yeah, it's like every album moved away from that. So that's why I never... They did lay the foundation, but then every other band stuck with it. Metallica did not. And yeah. that's not to their fault. The A lot of people, the purpose to be in a band is to get your music out there and, and make money and, and get it to as many people. And they did that. And I respect them greatly for what they did. Yeah. But to call them thrash in any sense of the word is a misnomer. Right. I mean, Lightning still had thrash elements to it. A few. Puppets had a few. Yeah, but it got less. But it got less and less. By the time we get to, like you said, and Justice for All, mm-hmm. there's nothing except for Dyer's Eve. Maybe. Dyer's Eve. Was that the one that started off like slow? No. Or was that Blackened I'm thinking of? That starts off really slow. Blackened starts real in, slow. And then coming in and then done. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's that's black. And I love all the and I and I, I love Metallica, to except for Saint Anger. I got all the albums. I liked the Load and Reload era. I liked the Black album. Yeah, you know Garage Inc. All that stuff. I mean, I can't say I don't like Metallica, but if you say, "Hey, favorite thrash bands," I won't list Metallica. Right. No, no, Dyer's Eve is the is the last track on the record. Yeah, dear mother, dear father, what okay, is this hell gotcha. you have put me through? Yeah, that is, uh, that's that's thrash, mm-hmm. and even like songs like Blackened uh, have some thrash elements to it, but 
nothing as raw and visceral mm-hmm. as Kill 'Em All. Oh yeah, you know. And then once you get to the Black Album, forget it, forget it. There's nothing remotely thrashy about the Black Album. Yeah, and and the, that was the, again a perfect storm of an album. Yeah, that came about when metal was starting its huge decline. And they were able to commercialize the sound to keep airplay. Well, if you ever keep themselves relevant, if you ever watch the documentary "Year and a Half in the Life of Metallica," Mm -hmm. have you ever seen it? No. That's the making of the Black Album. Okay. And the reason the Black Album sounds the way that they that it does is down to one guy, and that's Bob Rock. Mm -hmm. Uh, That because for years up until that point they had worked exclusively with a guy named Fleming Rasmussen as their producer. For the Black Album, they decided to try something different. They bought it, brought in Bob Rock. Bob Rock at the time was best known for working with bands like Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, you know, hair bands. Yeah. Okay. And he had a large impact on the way that that record was written. And the way that that record sounds, mm-hmm. and that's why the black album is the way it, it, it sounds the way it does. Yeah, and they swore Metallica swore up and down, and Bob Rock swore up and down. After the black album, they would never work together again. That relationship lasted up to Saint <laughs> Anger. Okay, so they, oh, I'll, we'll never work with Bob Rock again. We'll never work with Bob Rock again. Load, reload, garage ink. Saint Anger, mm. you know, and with Metallica's album cycle, that's a space of what fifteen years. Yep, because let's... Yeah, there was a lot in there. Oh yeah, there's a lot because Metallica writes epic, epically long songs. Mm-hmm. Load and Reload were both on vinyl double albums. Yeah, and they're and I think they're both pretty decent things. There's a few songs and parts of them that I don't care for. Um, the memory remains. I love the song. Great song, but the ending. I hate the ending. That that grating with old lady's hurt. voice. Oh, Marianne Faithful. Just, yeah, you know what? The hurdy gurdy I can deal with, but that. But oh god, I want to shut it off. That that's just I hate that. Yeah, it it does get grating. Yeah, but it it's such a cool song. But the house and, that Jack built ain't my bitch. Yeah, I mean, two by four. Two, yeah, those are great. Those are great songs. Oh and, yeah, and it's like. Uh, a lot of people, you know, when, oh, Metallica sold out. Yeah, yeah every seat yeah. in every arena but they I mean, play in. The way I figured, I mean, it's still good music. You can like the music. Yeah, it's, it, it's just different than what you're used to. Yeah. Same with St. Anger. I'm one of the few people that does not shit on St. Anger. Mm. There's a few songs on there that I really dig. I like the title track. Okay, I like the song "Saint Anger." It's a good song. I like "Frantic." You know, there there's stuff on "Saint Anger" that I can dig on. There's stuff on "Death Magnetic" I can dig on. You oh, know, I, I like stuff on "Death Magnetic." "Death Magnetic" is not a bad album. No, the piece of shit they did with Lou Reed. No, not an album. Not an album. Never happened. That's some weird alternate. Yeah. That's a Lou Reed album, not a Metallica. I think they got Metallica stand-ins like Mini Kiss. Oh, okay. Got- <laughs> well, yeah. Well, even Lars said, you know, maybe one day, someday, people are going to look back and say it was a great album. No, Lars, Lar- we're not. Lars really sometimes needs to, you know, stop sniffing his own brand. You ain't shitting. <laughs> like- you ain't kidding, man. Uh, 
have you have you watched um, some kind of monster? No, I haven't. I honestly haven't watched a lot of those. <laughs> and I hate to say this, those those video documentary things since since the nineties when everybody was doing them. Well, the thing uh, the thing with Saint uh, with uh, some kind of monster is it chronicles almost the demise or what almost was the demise of Metallica. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to start like. They got uh, Darren Aronofsky and Joe Berlinger, the two documentary filmmakers, uh, to do. They wanted them to come in and document the recording of, I don't know if it was Darren Aronofsky, but anyway, they got these two documentary documentarians to come in and they wanted them to document the making mm-hmm. of what became St. Anger. Yeah. Well, so they go into uh, a studio they rented at the Presidio out in San Francisco. Okay. They rented a building at the Presidio, out, outfitted it with a studio, started recording. James goes to rehab. Okay? James goes to rehab. Mm-hmm. They scrapped the entire fucking album. They scrapped the entire studio. They buy a place that becomes what's now Metallica HQ. They build, rebuild the studio while James is away at rehab. And in the meantime, when James gets out of rehab uh, for his drinking issues, they decide they're going to bring in a life coach. I I kid you not. Yeah. A life coach. A guy named Phil Towell. Okay. They bring this guy, Phil Towell, in to help them better the band dynamic and better communication, which in theory is a good idea. In practice for a fucking metal band, I don't think so. And to this, it got to the point where this guy, he was charging them $10,000 a month. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, 10 grand a month to be their life coach. And he was thinking he was going to go on tour with these guys. And he was starting to write lyrics to give to them. (laughs) And you know what a, you know what a, Control Freak, James has always been about his lyrics. Oh, yeah. Nobody writes the lyrics but James. Up until St. Anger. Then he gave away some input to the rest of the guys in the band. And at the time, it was just James, Kirk, and Lars. The bass on that album was actually handled by Bob Rock because they hadn't hired Trujillo yet. And the, the Some Kind of Monster film also documents the search for a new bassist. And there's some other cool stuff in there, like the first face-to-face meeting between Lars and Dave Mustaine in like 10 years. Really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mustaine talks about breaking the uh, breaking one of the guys from Death Angel's arm because he fucked with Lars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it, really, really good stuff. Uh, Law, uh, James coming back out of rehab, and I can only be in the studio for four hours a day. And it has to be from this time to this time because I have to do things with my family and this is what my sponsor wants me to do. Mm. And Lars getting pissed off at that. Well. You know, uh, he's like, I thought I was running today and I was thinking about you and all I could think is the word fuck. <laughs> and then he gets in James's face and just screams fuck. You know, and I was like, come on, dude. But Kirk has probably the best point in the... in. Kirk and Jason Newstead both because they do talk to Jason a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
uh, they have the best points in the movie. You know, here we are, the biggest band in the world. We've made decisions about, you know, that affect million, that affect a lot of people's lives and affect millions of dollars. And we can't figure this out. Mm. You should watch it sometime. I, yeah, I probably, I probably will at one point. I'm, I'm done my movie list now. So, oh, nice. I can all. Yeah, that's why I watched Ed Wood the other night because it was like I'm. I finished my damn list. You know, Ed Wood. Ed Wood is such a fun movie. I, uh, I'm sorry. That's such a fun movie. I love. And Johnny Depp is. Johnny Depp's great in anything he does. But I thought Johnny Depp was fantastic. Well, Johnny Depp with Tim Burton is just gold. Oh yeah, that's gold. And uh, Martin Landau is Lugosi. Yeah. Landau was great. <laughs> I, I, the funny part. I'll tell a quick story about this movie. When I was doing that coffee house stint in Jim Thorpe, yeah, years ago, and it was all the goth kids and and that crowd and all that. And um, I shouldn't call it kids. They were they were they were we were adults. It was like the real world of goth. <laughs> and um, one of them introduced me to the movie Ed Wood and gave me the video cassette. And I watched like a half an hour of it. And then something might have happened at that point. I just, I had to go somewhere. Something was going on. I couldn't finish it. So I took the videotape out and just put it away. Never watched it, any more of it. And then I had a yard sale. Remember, keep in mind, this wasn't my videotape. The coffee house had long since shut down. I had lost communication with all these people. And I sold the tape at a yard sale. Uh-huh. And then I'm, the other night I was kind of sitting around like, and I said, you know, I've never seen Ed Wood. <laughs> Where did you find it? Uh, it's online on streaming. Uh, which, which service? Uh, it's not so much a service. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, wink, wink. Yeah. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I watched it, and uh, and then they had um, a thing on about one movie, Bride of the Monster, which I found the MS33K version. I was watching that, just watching the references. But yeah, the the movie itself was like, oh my god, just this Ed Wood is a terrible human being. Wasn't he though? He was such a huckster. Yeah, and just you know, you know, just uh, I mean, oh, the, 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 to be around at that time to get away with the shit he got away with, and not just the wearing of the Angora sweaters. <laughs> no, I mean the the the, the Gonzo filmmaking before yeah. it was a thing. I mean, yeah, he was just such a con artist, a thief, and everything else. And I don't know if he was a thief. We well, stole the octopus. Oh uh, well, okay, yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah, he would go out and do shoots. Without licenses, and you know, he would he would just steal stuff to make you know his props and all that. I mean, it amazing. Half half of his movies were were stock footage. Yeah, yeah, but, it, yeah. Like I said, to be alive at that time and how, oh, how he even made ends meet. And I know I read more of his story after that. He he started working in the porn industry. Yes, but the sixties porn industry. So, <laughs> so yeah, cause so he was able to actually write. Yeah. So you know, that backs back when porn had plots. Yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of the of the movie Ed Wood. Yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of Johnny Depp. I me too. And I know I know that uh, oh I, I I've heard that we're not supposed to like him anymore, but I'm not sure why. So since I'm not on Facebook, I don't care. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> like, I, I'm still on Facebook and I still don't care. Yeah, I like I like Johnny Depp. Yeah, I. I might, I might go back. You know, it's getting kind of irritating. Speaking of Facebook, it's getting kind of irritating that um, you know, one of my other news sites that I go to, I'll hear a story, and I'll mention it offhandedly. And oh yeah, that was on Facebook two days ago. 
shit, now I'm behind the curve. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so it's like, there's a small part of me that kind of wants to go back on, but really in limited format. You know what? Since we're talking about social media, let's take a, well, not take a break. Let's keep this going, but I want to do something. Okay. All right. Uh, I opened up a TikTok account for us. What the hell was that? Uh, it was a video from Ryan Upchurch. Hang on. We're going to do a little TikTok live as we're going here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Oh No, Not Them. I'm Eric. Oh, I'm Bill. Make sure you check us out. Anchor.fm slash Oh No, Not Them pod. Find us on Facebook. Drop us some, uh, an email. Oh No, Not Them. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome yeah. to Oh No, Not Them. What, you run out of time? Ran out of time. Oh, this is a time thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have it set for 15 seconds. <laughs> you can't even get a MySpace in in that amount of time. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know what? Should I post it anyway? I don't I don't care. All right, we'll post like it. Like I said, what's what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, we'll post it. That Finally, people can see this freaking murder basement that I'm constantly in. All right. <laughs> That's the TikTok thing. Hey, we want to start uh, possibly doing a Facebook Live segment with this. Every Monday when we record. Yeah. We usually start recording about 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Best Time. That's right. Screw Mountain. <laughs> well, what about Central? Central's all right. Central's all right. But screw the mountain people. What about Pacific? Oh, Pacific. Well, they're okay. They get the sun last. Okay. All right. We, we get it first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Metallica. Yes. Back to Metallica. What's your favorite Metallica album? Oh, that is a tough one. That is that is actually very tough. Um, oh, I know it's one of the first four. Probably. Oh man, it's really tight between Ride the Lightning and and Master of Puppets. Though Ride the Lightning might have a slight edge, just because I had I had the the songbook, the guitar like tab when I was learning. Yeah. To I, I still have it to ride to ride the lightning, so like so, you know, trapped under ice and call Cthulhu. Yeah, good I mean, stuff. Just just like I always wanted to play those. See now and fade the black. For me, it, it there it's a toss up between two as well. Puppets is one of them. The other one is Justice. I love Justice and, and for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Puppets is just solid, great from front to back. Okay. And it's, you know, it's Metallica, it's gritty, old school Metallica, okay? It's got a little bit of the polish on it that came later, but it's got some of their best songwriting. Um, I mean, it's just a, a really good album from front to back. And then you have Justice, which is obviously the first full length with Newstead, because I'm not going to count gr- uh, the Garage Days mm-hmm. EP. It's the first full length with Newstead, even though you can't hear his fucking bass in it. Um, I love the musicality of Justice. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's epic songwriting. It's great songwriting. There's so many different pieces of each song. And as a musician, I geeked on it. You know, I oh, yeah. still geek on that album. You know, I, I, I listen to it. And I try to play along with some of the stuff, and I'm like, "Does Kirk have twelve fingers?" Oh my god, yeah. You know, I try to play. I try to play the rhythm parts 
wait a minute. What is what is James's finger spread like? Can he go from the first to the ninth fret? You know, it's it's unreal. Mm-hmm. Some of the guitar parts on that, even if you can decipher them, some of the bass parts. Yeah, I think I think my only problem with Justice, if anything, is that the songs were like so long. Yeah, that you 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 really couldn't just have a song and move on. I mean, one song. Was your drive into school? Yeah, you know you you didn't you, you had one song and that was it. The next song is for your drive home. Yeah, you know pretty much. And but I still like the first video. I remember when one came out. Oh, dude, that was appointment television. Yeah, and it was just oh my, you know. And then of course there were so many versions of it. Yeah, and seeing the um the Johnny Got His Gun movie. I I actually went out and bought it. Yeah, I I saw the movie too, just to under kind of understand. Yep, the movie is really out there, especially when Jesus shows up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's incredibly dark. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly dark, but a really really well made oh. film. I I enjoyed Johnny Got His Gun in yeah. a in a kind of twisted way. No, I, it, I enjoy the movie immensely. I it's mean, a it's a really, really yeah. good movie. If you've never seen it, go out uh, you know find a way to get it. Find a way to get it. Johnny got his gun. Yep. That's the basis for the song one. Yeah. And it yeah, it's just it's it's sad, happy. I mean it, it throws but like I said, the Jesus stuff's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little, that, a little that, that, but but it there's a reason for him there. Yeah. It, there is. Uh, and like a lot of the footage you see in the original video from one mm-hmm. is called directly from yep. the movie from Johnny Got His Gun. And it's uh, it's excellent, excellent movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's and I and I, like I said that. Did, yeah. Ride the lightning. I just remember trying to learn fade to black. And after that opening intro, well, then it gets a little bit, you know, because I don't know why they. I don't know why Kirk Hammett even bothers to put out stuff to learn his music because you can't. Oh, you can. <laughs> it's, it's it's very tough. And, oh yeah, Hammett's stuff is is difficult. I mean, he's a, an amazing guitar player. Yeah, but uh, yeah, those first four albums. Oh my god, just because I think the first album that you introduced me to, I remember, was Master of Puppets. I and I re- I remember that awakening. Yep. That I had at that point changed and, your life, didn't it? Oh my god! And it's like I, I keep saying. I mean, it was just like you lent me the tape. I listened to it, and it was like, my god, what is this? Yeah, you know. And then I just had to know everything, you know, more about Metallica. Yeah, and of course, at that time, you went backwards. Yep. And it was like it just kept getting heavier the yeah. further back you went. Right. And, and, you know, when you get back to when you get back to kill them all. Yeah. And that's just, you know, you could tell at the time that they were just four poor, mm-hmm. hungry dudes that wanted nothing more than to make music and to, you know, to yeah, set and, the and, world on and, fire. And Phantom Lord is, oh, my God, that's an awesome song. Yeah. At Metal Militia. Another great one. Just just awesome stuff that they had. Hit the lights. Hit the lights. What a way to start an album. Yeah. You know, and then the covers that they did. Am I Evil? Yeah. I mean, and then I, I actually have an album now. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's all the Metallica covers from the first album by the bands. 
Oh, okay. So it's Diamond Head's version of Am I Evil. And when you listen to those, uh, it's like Metallica did it so much better. Yeah. I was I was adjusting my slipper. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't know what you were doing. I was gonna I was gonna just uh, uh, talk for time until you. Fa- I didn't know if you were scratching yourself. No, or, or or if you were taking your pants off. The hand movements under the table were really weird. My slipper so I was came like, off. Okay, you know what? I was. I'll just keep talking until he sorts himself out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in lounge pants and slippers, man. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, yeah, I won't be, I'll, when we decide to do the Facebook Live thing, I'll actually, like, ah, fuck that, I ain't dressing for the occasion. Oh, it's gonna be nice, though, I got my nice, my nice goatee, it's, I look all southern, see, cause I'm from the, the south side of town, where we're all sophisticated, and drink tea. You look like <laughs> Colonel Sanders on meth. <laughs> you look like Colonel Sanders on meth, you really do. Give, give me the chickens, give me the chickens! <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Metallica cover? Oh, um, easy. Curse of the Pharaoh. Okay. Well, there, it's a medley that they did of the, Merciful the Fate. The Merciful Fate medley. I, I, I honestly, I love what they did with that. Yes. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Merciful Fate yeah. fan. I love King Diamond and Merciful Fate. Yes. But, oh yeah, the Merciful Fate medley is yeah. awesome. Oh, and, you know. And they did it so wonderfully. I love the whole, I love, and like I said, the Curse of the Pharaoh is when I, you know, of the song that I know that they really do. Yeah. But I know that, and I know there's a few others in there, but it's like, oh, I just love that one off of Garage Inc. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm probably going to go with, uh, damn, that's tough. Do I want to go with Last Caress? That's an, oh. Do I want to go with Die, Die, My Darling? Or Stone Dead Forever! Or Stone Cold Crazy? Oh, oh my God. Yeah, the Garage Inc. was just cover to cover was just those guys are just amazing what they did that's why I said when you said that for covers I love the curse of the pharaoh curse of the pharaohs is a great that's that, they they, uh, they one thing I always liked about Metallica covers is they showed their influences oh yeah you know like the stuff the motorhead stuff that they did mm-hmm. you know to the point where at Lemmy at, at one of Lemmy's birthday parties Metallica played it as the four Lemmy's mm-hmm. you know and did <laughs> nothing but motorhead songs you know, I would have loved to have seen that. But, oh, God, there's so many good yeah. ones. The Small Hours. Yep. Uh, the entire Garage Inc. album, not Garage Inc., the, well, the Garage, Garage Days. Days is like, oh, my God. I mean, just going into the weight. Yep. Crash Course and Brain Surgery. All of them. I mean, the whole album was just, and it was a wonderful, that was just great in of itself. I loved that. Yeah, it, I loved it, too. Oh, God, there's so many good ones. Uh, but, you know. If I had to narrow it down and pick one, I'm probably going to go with one that you may not expect. I'm going to go with Turn the Page. Nope, didn't expect that one. That's one of my least favorite problems. I love it. I love it. Uh, and, and part of the reason I love their version of Turn the Page is the video. Mm. Have you ever seen the video? No. I, I might have. Maybe I did. Like I said, I know that one was all. That was one that was all over the place. That yeah. was like the the single. Yeah, uh, it was uh, the video is really really uh, like the song. The song obviously tells the story mm-hmm. of a band on the road. Yeah, you know, but the video, what Metallica did with that is they turned 
it around and made the video about a, about a woman who's a who works in a strip club mm-hmm. and is a sex worker. She turns tricks off the. I know. know what a sex worker does. Well, I'm 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 saying that for Jim, okay. <laughs> I'm saying that for Jim, and I because I think he's in exile from the four six two. Oh man, oh man, he's gonna, he's he's gonna. I'm gonna hear about that one. Yeah, you're. Gonna, I'm gonna hear about that one. I'm not. See, I'm not. I'm not going back on Facebook until you stop insulting Jim because I don't want to have to hear this shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just have him text you. <laughs> Bill put me up to it, Jim. Oh, you. That's a lie, you know it. This is all live. You can't even edit that out. <laughs> but anyway, I I just I really like their version of "Turn the Page" because mm-hmm. it's a it's a super song. It's a super cool song. Mm-hmm. Even the Seeger version is super. It's just a badass tune. And as a musician who has, you know, done a bit of touring, you know, not you know not around the world, but I've been a few places. You know, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between turn the page and whiskey in the jar, I think those two are a little bit. And I and you know I like the sea shanties. Yeah, but like even I I don't know Metallica's version of whiskey in the jar was kind of weird. If anything, why why is it weird? <sighs> you don't you don't usually hear metal bands doing sea shanties. Well, that that's what makes it weird. It's like and I you know I I love. That style of music, you see, I, I, I can understand that. I can understand where you're coming from because before Metallica covered it, I was familiar with the Thin Lizzy version. Oh yeah, you know, I knew the Thin Lizzy version, and then I hear Metallica do it, and you, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's not a bad. It's just jarring in my head. Yeah, you know, it's like you know. Almost like when Green Jelly did the Three Little Pigs. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little jarring in your head at first, but you get, you know, it's not. But like knowing all the the you know those those Renfrew songs like Drunken Sailor and the Captain's Wife's Lament. Yeah, you, hearing those in a metal version is weird. Like from Running Wild, and Alestorm does them too. Yeah, but <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's 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 move on from that band. Okay. If there was another if there was another band to add to make it the big five, mm-hmm. who do you add? Exodus. I got to agree. I got to agree. And I I like to make a like a like an alternate universe big four. Okay, go like for it. Exodus, Testament, DRI, and Overkill. Over yeah, that was the one I had on my time. Overkill. That's like an alternate universe big four. Right. Even though DRI wasn't specifically thrash, they were like the first real crossover band. But they do have a lot of thrash. Oh yeah, thrash I, I, I always figured them. You know, especially the pit, the pit, the pit, the pit in the pit, <laughs> dude. Dude, I have like three songs off of Thrashered yeah. on my on my liked songs playlist on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, I that's like an alternate universe big four. Yeah, where it's like, okay, these are the bands that kind of. Sh- should have gotten a nod at some point. They, they should just say, guys, make it the big eight. Really? Right. I mean, we have enough room for everybody. Right. Because uh, let's face it, Overkill has never put out a ballad. I don't think. Yeah. they. Um, I'm singing it in my head right now. It's like out on this road. It's on the years of decay. Oh, yep, yep. You're right. You're right. I can't remember the name of the song, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I pay the price in blood. It's like... 
Yeah, it's it's a very slow. That's a pretty good Bobby Blitz impression. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it and I I love Overkill. I mean, I love you know all of the all of their stuff. The grinding wheel, one of the newer ones, is just they don't do bad stuff. No, they don't. You know, I think they, the shovel headed kill machine was another one. Yep, but that was a really good one. But I mean, that one, um, that that <laughs> years of decay was my intro to, to Overkill. I swear, my intro to any band was their most popular album. It's like I would see these bands and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, Evil Never Dies. Okay, I, I hate. You know, those were the ones that I I always remember. But then I was like, okay, well, let's see what else they had. Uh, what what else is on Years of Decay? Uh, that's not the one with Hello from the Gutter. Uh, no, no, that is Taking Over. That's Taking Over, right. Yeah, that was... Elimination. Elimination. Um, playing with Spiders. Yeah. Skull Crusher. Skull Crusher, I hate. Yeah. Yeah, but you you were always with Hello from the Gutter. Oh, great song. Yeah. <laughs> great fucking song. <laughs> I can still sing that. Yep. Not, you, uh, not quite as good as I used to, but I can still sing your, it. That was always your greeting when we were going, you know, it was like, you know, it was like, it was like hello from the gutter. Hello from my little hell. Yeah. Oh God, Overkill is so good. Yeah. Oh, Overkill is such an underrated band. Oh yeah, they 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 didn't get they they stayed well they stayed in the Bay Area really. I mean, it's like they were big out there. I said sometimes, which we were, is kind of messed up considering they're a Jersey band. Well, I thought they were Bay Area. No, Overkill's from Jersey, dude. Maybe I'm thinking of you're thinking of Exodus. Exodus, yeah, thinking of Exodus. Yeah, Exodus is from the Bay. Uh, well, Kirk Hammett, yeah, formed Exodus. You know, he him and Gary Holt were the original guitar players. Mm-hmm. Uh God, and then Testament was a Bay Area band. Yep. And you know, the, the funny thing is, my favorite Testament. Uh, I can't say it's my favorite. One of my favorite Testament songs is a ballad. Mm. The ballad. It's my- called. It's called the ballad. Yeah, off of uh, practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, God, there's so many good Testament songs out Mine's there. Mine's Over the Wall. Over the Wall is a great song. Yeah. Didn't they open with that when we saw them? I know. I Well, one time I saw them, they opened with it. Yeah. Or at least I know they played it, and that was, like I said, that's another band. That, that was, no, you were, that was what Jim was with me when we saw him in Scranton. And Probably at a small place, too. Yeah, that was at the Temple. Oh, at the Temple. Yeah. And the problem was that... Whoever was doing their sound, they were muddled. They, they, it sounded like they were like singing and playing through mud. Yeah, and I felt like I, I felt like I wanted my money back. Yeah, because now it's like, you know, the other bands come out and they're fine. Their sound is good. That's crisp. And I, I felt terrible. I mean, I was like, I, I felt like I got robbed from Testament. And then I got to see him again, probably with you. And then, okay, I hope they, if they fire their old sound guy, they sounded great. Oh, God. When we saw them in Reading, they sounded amazing. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, but that whole show, dude, was from top to bottom was all killer. Oh. All killer. And if, you're, if you were a drummer, mm-hmm. that was a tour to see. Because you've got uh, Gene Hoagland was playing drums for Testament at the time. Mm-hmm. You've got the dude from Behemoth, who's a fucking killer. Yep. Charlie Benante from Anthrax. Mm-hmm. At the time, Chris Adler from Lamb of God. And then you've got Paul Bostaff from Slayer. All in one night. Yeah. Dude, that's a drummer's dream right there. A metal drummer's dream. Yeah, the whole that whole night was... I mean, I, I'm so glad I got to go to that show. 
Yeah. Because that's almost like a one. To, to me, it seemed like a once in a lifetime show. Well, it was because it was Slayer's last tour. Yeah, but I mean, it's like to see those five bands together. Dude, the, the next leg of that tour would have been a fun one to see. I wish I would have gone. Because. Who got replaced? Testament wasn't on the bill. Right. Primus was. Okay. Oh, my God. Think about that. Oh. You've got Lamb of God, Behemoth, Exodus, Slayer, and Primus. I seriously can't imagine. It. I mean, I mean, and I know I, I don't know if I'm showing any sort of weird. But I, I'm wondering if like a Slayer crowd would sing Tommy the Cat. They might have. <laughs> they might have. <laughs> You know, or can you imagine a Slayer crowd for Jerry was a race car driver? Oh my God! Or Wyoming's Big Brown Beaver? Yeah, just I I heard that. I think I think that I heard that today on my Spotify. <laughs> yeah, oh. I, I I loved Primus was so weird. I loved them just how crazy they were. Oh yeah, and their video Un- undefinable. Their videos, their videos are so good and so just out there. Yeah. The Jerry was a race car driver just the beginning when he's dipping to cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Steamy. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the Winos' Big Brown Beaver were yeah. all in like the, like, the paper mache oh cowboy outfits. Yeah. Oh, God. Primus is such a... Primus is just fun. Yeah. They're fun. Uh, back to, Okay, back to our alternate reality Big Four. Mm-hmm. Um, DRI. Oh. How can you go wrong? Yep. DRI was... I mean, again, that was... Introduced to me with Thrashard. Yep. And, uh, you know, only they could do a song about Woodsy the Owl. Yeah. And and make it metal. See, now, I was I was brought into DRI a little bit earlier than Thrashard, mm-hmm. uh, but I really got, you know, roped in with Thrashard. I was brought in with, uh, uh, shit, what's the name of the record that has... Uh, Crossover? Suit? It might have been. The one that has Suit and Tie Guy on it. Four of a kind? I don't think it was four of a kind. But anyway, DRI, dude, they're just, they're so underrated too. Mm-hmm. And so good. You know, they were, I mean, when when bands like Metallica were playing ba- uh, basketball arenas, DRI was playing dingy clubs like Croc Rock. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Croc Rock. They were playing dumps like Croc Rock. And... You know, I mean, Spike Cassidy is such a such a phenomenal guitar player. Uh, Kurt Brecht is one of the best lyricists in the genre. I, I I'm a big DRI fan. I, I always felt that DRI, if if DRI was a person, it was Ryan Byer. Yep. yep. He he was the personification of DRI. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dirty rotten imbecile. <laughs> not the just words kidding, itself. Fire, yeah, just kidding, not the fire. words itself. But like I said, when you when yeah. you think back to like who people I, were, I, yeah, that was he. He was the. I always pictured him as a, a DRI poster. Yep, he was the running man on a DRI oh, yeah. poster. Yep, yep, yep. I got I got to agree with you. Oh God, you know this this conversation is bringing back a lot of freaking memories, man. Oh yeah, we we. I mean. We had a lot of great, I mean, music, we had a lot of great times with our music. You see, that's the thing is, you know, people, uh, people, our kids age can say, uh, you know, oh, you call us gray haired old men and this and that. Yeah. Well, we had the best fucking music yeah, ever. Yeah, and we earned those goddamn gray hairs that's, about everything we did. That's right. Uh, but and, and undoubtedly, we had the best music. Mm-hmm. You know, there's never going to be another Metallica. 
Nope. There's never going to be another Slayer. There's never going to be another Aerosmith. No. You know, we had we grew up in the best era of music in my estimation. Yeah. Even through the hair band stuff. You know, cuz think think about it. There were so many good bands. Yeah, and even though they were classified as hair bands or glam bands, it's not that they were bad. No. I, I didn't and I even fell into that. I'll I'll be the first to admit I fell into it when it's like, "Oh, I listen to Cannibal Corpse now. I can't be listening to Poison." Right. You know, but now it's like I look back at I I enjoy listening to Poison. So do I. You know. The only one I can't listen to is their live record. And the only reason I can't listen to that live record is CC solo. I don't know what he was on, but that was atrocious. I have never and I know this is here here's a hot take for any musician. I have never really been a fan of live records. See, I it it there are some that are really, yeah, really, I, really good. I've never, I've never been a fan of them, and I, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I just would rather hear the polished version of everything. Yeah, I, I mean, there and there's. Let's be real. There's a lot of bands when they do a quote unquote live record, they go back and they polish it up. It's mm. not raw audio from the board. Yeah, you know. They'll go in, oh, hang on, I flubbed the note in that solo, let me overdub that. Yeah. You know, they're they're touched up. Mm. But there are some great live records out there. Uh, Judas Priest's Unleashed in the East. Okay. Now, we're going back to the late 70s on that. Yeah. Uh, shit, I don't, the British Steel wasn't even out yet. Mm. Uh, Unleashed in the East by Priest. Uh, Living, uh, Live and Dangerous by Thin Lizzy. Queensryche doing Operation Mind Crime in its entirety. Yeah. You can't. Uh, th- th- those are so good. Yeah, I've just never, never really been a fan of it. And I, I, I don't know if I can even put a, I just, I don't like the, I don't know, maybe the crowd noise, the banter, but I love live shows. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like such a, a weird thing for me. I'm not a big fan of live, like ACDC live. I, I have it. I really it's not one of my favorites. Yeah, well, you know, it's ACDC. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, yeah, you were I'm, pointing your finger. No, well, I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to try to be controversial. It's like ACDC. It's like it, they're like the they are a flat line of metal. Yeah, they, they. It's like if you like ACDC, you like ACDC. That is it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, pretty much. Oh man. Yeah. I, uh, now l- let me pose a philosophical question. Not really a philosophical question to you. Metallica is now playing almost exclusively like baseball and football stadiums. Yeah. And charging ridiculous sums of money for the tickets. Yep. Would you ever pay $150 to go to a Metallica show? I would. I I wouldn't. I, I You know what? I would only because of this. I have seen all the rest of the big four. Multiple times even. I mean, I've seen Anthrax, Slayer, and Megadeth multiple times each. Uh-huh. I've never seen Metallica. Really? Yes. And I would go... And you know, and before, before the hellscape of 2020, yeah, I mean, there were so many concerts that I balked on because I didn't feel like going. Joan Jett and Alice Cooper. I'm sorry, not Hailstorm and Alice Cooper. Yeah, I didn't go. And there was, and and it's not like a, nobody's saying, oh, you know, like Lisa said, get the tickets and go. I just didn't go. You yeah. know, now I'm to that point where it's like. You know what? Somebody give me a concert. I'll take it. Exactly. I I am so itching for a show. 
I, I'm so itching to see live music. Yeah, it's you know, even if I have to sit in my damn car while they're on the stage, I'll do it in a field. What, like at the Circle Drive-In? They do them up yeah. in Scranton at the Circle. Yeah, fine. I just, I, I uh, just need to get out there. Well, let me ask you this: I wouldn't mind doing like like they do at the Circle, mm-hmm. you know, where it's actually a live band on a stage. Yeah. Okay. What about these? Uh, I'm not going to color it with an opinion yet. What about these shows where it's a pre-recorded performance at a drive-in theater? I wouldn't go see that. Me fucking neither. And only because only because it's pre-recorded. Yeah. And you can clean it up. Yeah. If you're going to do that, and I and like I said, if they do something like that, I would rather see it like WrestleMania 1. Do the concert somewhere, have it shown closed circuit to all these different places where people bought tickets to see it. Right. But but the, do it live. Yeah, the screw-ups and everything, the set list, the banter, and whatever you have in there, it's there. Yeah. You know, you can't polish it. You can't edit it. And that is is the best part of them. I, I, I agree 100%. You know? Because uh, I, know I know some people that went to the Metallica drive-in show. Yeah. It was like 125 bucks a I, car. I heard that. You know, it's... And I'm not doing that, no. dude. I, I mean, I don't... I mean, I've seen Metallica live multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I'm not willing to pay $150 to see Metallica in a baseball stadium. I, I, I'm not going to do it. Well, I mean, it depends on where my, I'm sitting, too. Well, well are you talking 100, $100 seats are like oh, the nosebleeds? Yeah. Maybe I'd have to just put up some good money and just, just try to get you know, on the third baseline. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the tickets for those, like the good tickets for Metallica when they were down at... Uh, uh, Citizens Bank in Philly. Yeah, you were talking six, seven hundred dollars, and that's not on the secondary market. That was direct from Ticketmaster. Yeah. I there, there's a point to. I mean, that's how they made their money, being popular, and just everybody needs to see them. But I mean, like I said, I I would I would probably maybe go see them at the Iron Pig Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> maybe there. You know, but, like. But but that that the capacity for there is ten thousand. But like I said, it'd be one of those things just because I want to see Metallica and say that I saw it. Yeah, I, I can I can understand that. But like I said, I've seen them several times, so to me, it's not a big deal anymore. Yeah, to see Metallica live, I haven't seen them with Trujillo. I haven't seen them with Trujillo. I would love to see if they're gonna. And then also, what what I think would be a great gimmick for any Metallica show at this point, with the number of songs that they have, put up a randomizer board. Yeah. And just, you know, what song are we going to play next? You know, might not be the one you want, might not be even the one you think. Yeah. That would be, you know, that would be an interesting thing. Have them prep like 30 songs. Have them prep 30 songs pre-tour. Yeah. You know, polish up 30 of them pre-tour and have a randomizer. That yeah. would be a that would be an interesting gimmick. Okay, so now oh okay, we just played uh we just played For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. What's next? Brr, ding. Oh shit, Dyer's Eve. Yep. You know, that would be a pretty interesting concept. Yeah, but I don't think anybody I think Metallica to the point where there are their core songs they have to play. Yeah, I mean there's stuff that has to be played. They gotta play Sandman. They yeah. gotta play. They gotta play Fade to Black. They gotta play, um, one for whom the bell tolls. They gotta play one. You know, there's stuff that needs to be played. Unforgiven, probably. 
I don't know. I I don't know. No, not not that I want to hear it. But no, I, I don't know if they. Yeah, I don't know if they kept that one in the set list. Hardwired to self destruct probably is on there. Yeah, that's probably in there at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I know they put battery back in the set. Mm. Yeah, it's. But at 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 this point, all the concerts that I like bulked on from twenty nineteen. I just want to. Uh, you want you want to do over. I want a big do over because it's like it's like ah, do you want to it's like oh you want to see Marilyn Manson and, and uh, Rob Zombie nah I really, I, I want to see him but ah, I don't want to go you know and I was like man if I would have known <laughs> see now there I was I I could have gone to uh, when they were at PPL in Allentown yeah. I could have gone you know Chuck was Chuck and Earl went and they're like do you want a ticket I'm like no yeah you see it's like you, you but get... <laughs> for me it was a totally different reason I would love to see Zombie. I will not put a dime in Marilyn Manson's mm. pocket. And this was before all of the sexual yeah. abuse allegations came out. I just always, I, I've never been a fan of his, I can't say I've never been a fan. I'm not a fan of his music. And now, especially, I think he's a garbage person. Mm. And I refuse to put money in his pocket. And it's to the point now where when touring becomes a thing again, if Zombie does the Twins of Evil tour with him again, or tours with him again, I won't put another dime in Zombie's pocket. He, he, he probably won't do it with him again. Well, no, because I, 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 I would hope Rob Zombie is a stand-up enough individual mm-hmm. to say, no, nah, you're a fucking shitbag. I'm not, I'm not touring with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I would hope Zombie's that good of a guy. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to be. I mean, I know it's going to be outdoor venues first. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Vanilla Ice is already... Um, Gave his summer tour schedule. What state fair? The best part, the best thing I heard about this was Vanilla Ice released his summer tour schedule. Then somebody said, but you're not allowed more 10 people in a venue. Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. See, and, and the thing with, uh, you know, with, with the post-pandemic world is I always prefer shows at smaller venues. Mm-hmm. I loved Crock Rock. I did too. I loved Crock Rock. I love Reverb down in Reading. Yep, all the great little venue. Uh, you know, places like the Main Gate, the Staircase, mm-hmm. Goodfellas. You know, I love the small venues. They're going to be the last ones to open. Yeah, it's going to be a long time yet for that. But yeah, but I'll take I'll take an outdoor thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, absolutely. I'll bring I'll bring a thwackum stick, you know, if and that way anybody keep your distance, keep your distance. Oh yeah, oh dude, some of the best concerts I've been to were outdoor. We'll be moshing with kendo sticks. Yeah, hey, there you go. Uh, I mean, some of the best shows I've ever been to have been outdoor, though. You know, I I've seen mayhem festivals at Montage, great shows, great times. Uh, I saw Black Sabbath at the BB&T Pavilion mm. in Camden. Uh, you know, one of the one of the last shows I went to with Mark. Uh, God, that was such a good show. the The only part that pissed me off about it was we paid thirty bucks to park. Oh wow, yeah, that's about right. And it was a quarter mile walk from the yep. parking lot to the to where we at, to the concert venue. Uh, yep. But we the cool part was uh, the doors hadn't opened for the general public yet. Uh, you've been to BB&T. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Okay. So you know how there's the pier right there 
or not okay. the pier, the waterfront. Yeah. Mark and I are walking along the ro- waterfront while Black Sabbath is sound checking. <laughs> How fucking badass was that? Uh, that was so cool. That was such a great show. And um, Sabbath takes the stage, right? And they open up with the song Black Sabbath. As soon as Black Sabbath uh, hit the stage, I, I'm not fucking lying. If I'm lying, I'm flying and my feet ain't left the ground. As soon as they start the song, it started fucking raining. Jeez. Mark and I looked at each other and said, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it was so badass, you know? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. oh, this. You see, now this was a topic we could really sink our teeth into. Oh, yeah, because so much of our of our being was, was that style of music. Yeah, I know, right? We're an hour and 42 deep. Yep. Should we put a bow on it? Yeah, we may as well at this point. Yeah, okay. Before we do get too nostalgic about all the things uh, we just... Uh, dude, we, we literally could go on for hours talking about this. Yep. So, all right, man. Um, in closing, the Big Four was a huge part of my musical upbringing, big part of Bill's music, uh, musical upbringing. It's, uh, it shaped a large part of who we were, man. Oh, yeah. And it's it's music that I'll listen to until the day I die, and continues to these guys. These bands put out new albums. I will get them. I will listen to them. Yep. And I will always give them a chance. I just got Armored Saints' newest one. Really? Yes. How is it? Very good. Okay. And it, true to form. True Armored to form. It's no. It actually now. Oh, I hate to get off of this tangent, but uh, you know, Armored Saint in the beginning when they were a chrysalis were. Uh, more progressive, yeah, not, yeah, and it wasn't until um, after March of the Saint when they really kind of got their own. But the new album is just a beautiful what they should be. Now John Bush is singing for them again. Yes, right? okay, yeah. I, uh, shit, we opened up another rabbit hole. Yeah, I, uh, John Bush. <laughs> John Bush at one point was offered the spot singing for Metallica. Mm. And he said he didn't want to do it because he want you know he, he wanted to stay true to Armored Saint yeah. you know stay you know stick with his brothers in Armored Saint. Yeah, those first those first few Armored Saints albums are a bit of a mess. Yeah, but like I said, I I blame that on Chrysalis because I don't think they knew they should have stayed with Metal Blade. Yeah, and then um, I can't remember what the the one album was that they finally kind of brought it all back together. Um. But then they went away. They went their separate ways, went their separate band ways. But now this new one, Punching the Sky. Yeah. Oh, it's good, Armored Saint. I'll have to check it out. Yep. I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, dude. Uh, Anthrax puts out new stuff. I pick it up. Yep. Um, I mean, I, sadly, we'll not, we won't get any more new Slayer music. Nope. Um, That's okay, because they have a great catalog. Yep. I mean, Metallica, I guess they're working on something new. Megadeth is working on something new. I, you know, And I'll, I'll continue to support the, these bands because they're such a huge part yes. of, of my life. And uh, I, I, for all my metal, fr- my, my metal friends out there, I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy it, too. And I hope you guys continue to support the bands. And, you know. When we're uh, when we can have concerts again, do me a favor. Support local bands too. Yes, support local music because at one point your favorite band was a local band too. 
Yep. So yeah, get out there, get get their CDs, get their merch, get the sticker for the back of your window. Yep. You know, and and you never know. Maybe you form a friendship, and you'll be in a movie someday with these people. Who who knows, man? Speaking of sticker, stickers, I'm still waiting on my Down Division sticker, which is a band from a friend of mine. Yeah, <laughs> it's ha- you know Haggerty. Uh, so that's our uh, that's our talk on the Big Four. Yep. Uh, next week, I think we're going to try to do uh, maybe a, a 15, 20 minute Q&A segment on Facebook Live. Yeah. Okay, if, any, nice. if anybody wants to do that, uh, drop us a line uh, in the, you know, on our Facebook, facebook.com slash oh no, not them pod. Drop us an email. G, uh, oh, no, not them pod at gmail.com. You can find us anchor.fm slash oh, no, not them pod. We do not have a MySpace yet. Yet, but we will. Well, you can find us on TikTok. Well, well, yeah, Jesus Christ! I just, you know, oh, you social media whore. I uh, dude, <laughs> no, I got. Like, I'm trying to build the brand. You know, it's amazing. I'm getting off of all these platforms, and you're just like jumping on more bandwagons. Uh, uh, it's just really off kilter for you. I'm trying to build the brand, man. I'm trying to build I, the brand. I, I, I know, but it's like, oh, you can find us on TikTok. Search "Oh No, Not Them." Yes, we're gonna we're gonna do the flower challenge. I'll figure out what that is next week. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, follow us. Uh, you can follow. You can find us on Twitter. We're everywhere. Except. Except MySpace. Yeah, no MySpace. At this no point. MySpace. Not yet. Well, until we, we got to release some music. It's coming back. MySpace is coming back. Well, it's, it's all music now. So we have to actually become like, uh, oh, we got to do music again. I got guitars down here. I'll get my triangle. Okay. <laughs> all right. So. For this edition of Oh No, Not Them, thanks for tuning in. I'm Eric. I'm Bill. Have a good one.